Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. Oh, he even provided me with a clock. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah, it was kind of a, kind of a joke at retreat. I got a little carried away the first night. There was the anointing, actually. It wasn't, wasn't my fault at all. But um, so they offered me a, a clock in the second session. <laughs> I said, being offered a clock when you're a preacher is like being offered a breath mint. You don't ask why, you just accept it and say thank you. <laughs> yeah, so it is uh, great. It's my privilege to, uh, to be with you. And it's been a year now already? Wow. I just want to commend uh, Kevin and, and Amanda and, and you folks for, uh, you know, you put a lot of effort in every week to gather here and, and your desire to reach your community. I just want to commend you for that. And know that we in the district are here to, to support. So uh, our success is your success. So we are praying for you and, and want to do everything that we can uh, to help you reach your community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, let me begin by asking a question. And it's not really a, tr a trick question. It's just a question. How many missionaries are there here? Two, three, a few of you. Kind of is a trick question. <laughs> um, I was sitting there thinking of uh, one of my favorite verses is the Apostle Paul's uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where he says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by changing the way you think. And transformation comes... Uh, when we are challenged in our thinking to think differently, right? And I think we could rewrite that verse, and it would be just as true to say, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of the church, yikes, but be transformed by changing the way you think, because not all of the patterns that we have in the church are even helpful. And sometimes we need to challenge the pattern of our thinking, because if we don't think differently, we're not going to behave differently. And, you know, uh, Einstein was the one who said the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result. So we don't want to keep doing the same things over and over, because we're just going to get the same results. So the Christian Missionary Alliance, of which you are a part and new venture in this district, actually began as a missionary movement. It was not a denomination. And our founder, A.B. Simpson, didn't actually want it to become a denomination. It was a missionary movement. It was a, a people who shared relationship with each other in Christ and shared a common mission. They were on mission together. Uh, Tozer wrote about Simpson. He said, 
that Simpson wanted the alliance to be a spiritual association of believers. That's all. It wasn't about, you know, doctrinal preferences or denominational distinctives. It was about um, just being a spiritual association of believers who hungered to know the full blessing of the gospel of Christ, that's the deeper life, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, while working concertedly for the speedy evangelization of the world on mission together. So being on mission is our why. You know, it's why we exist. It is why we gather. It is why we invest. It's why you are a member, church, of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but we actually have a, a national vision prayer that reads this way, Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you. Come, transform us to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people, multiplying disciples everywhere. Great prayer. And I want to say amen to it, Lord, bring it to pass. So Simpson also said that God means every Christian to be effective, every one of us to be effective on mission, to make a difference in the actual records and results of Christian work. God put each of us here to be a power. There is not one of us, but is an essential wheel of the machinery and can accomplish all that God calls us to. We're living in a very diff diff difficult world, very, uh, yeah, just read the news, watch the news. It's crazy, 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 and getting crazier. And if the world has ever needed a people who are united in Christ, united with one another, and united on mission, it's now. And we need to be a people who are on mission, everyone, everywhere, and all of the time. So that's what I want to talk about. What does that mean, to be on mission, everyone, everywhere, and all of the time? So Jesus one day stood up in the synagogue, and he opened the scrolls, and he read this prophecy, for, and it's found in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, 19. It's out of Isaiah. And it says... Regarding Christ, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus, because, this is the why, here's why the Holy Spirit empowered him, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be set free, and that the blind will see, to set the oppressed free, and that the time of the Lord's favor, or the day of God's grace, is another way of putting that. The time of the Lord's favor has come. This reads like the mission statement of Jesus, doesn't it? There's a bunch of twos here. His mission was to proclaim the good news, to proclaim that captives will be set free, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that this is the day of God's favor. But this is the mission of the church. You know, we read this. And we, we get that Jesus stood up and say this, said, this day, this is fulfilled in your presence. But we don't draw the dots to our identity as the incarnated body of Jesus Christ in the earth today 
to whom this mission was passed on. So we could just as accurately read this verse and apply it to ourselves individually and corporately as a church. We could say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, upon us, for this reason. He has empowered us, he has anointed us to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent us to proclaim that captives will be set free, that the blind will see, to set the oppressed free, and to declare to Binbrook that this is the day of God's grace. God's grace is available. Right? This is our mission statement. We own this. This is what it means to be co-missioned with Christ. We own this. So it applies to everyone. Everyone. (laughs) This thing's not very cooperative. There we go. I'll just persevere. It applies to everyone. Every one of us, as followers of Jesus Christ, is a Christian missionary. Simpson said, I cannot understand how any man or woman can believe in the Lord's coming and not be a missionary, or at least committed to the work of missions with every power of his being. I want to say, no, just be a missionary and understand actually what that means and how that applies to each one of us. I came across this, uh, this, uh, there was an article in Christianity Today, and it was uh, an article that had to do with, with missions and the importance of missions, and, and this is part of a quote. In this article, the writer said, we are all commanded by Jesus to go and make disciples, but not everyone is called to be a missionary. True or false? It's absolutely false. But I can tell you that it is the mindset of of the majority of evangelical Christians. Most Christians believe this statement, that we are all commanded by Jesus to go make disciples, but not everyone is called to be a missionary. But when we think about the characteristics of a missionary, so when, when you think of a missionary, what, how would you characterize that person? Well, first of all, they are citizens of the country, the place that they are from, right? They are from somewhere, and they are citizens in their homeland. They are of somewhere, and they are to somewhere else. They are residents in a foreign land where they serve. They are aliens there. They are strangers there, right? We also know that they are people who are called by God. They are set apart for a specific purpose. There is a a calling, an invitation of God to join him in his mission. And they are authorized to do that. They are charged by God. They are given authority to carry out this responsibility. And they are empowered. They are enabled. They are anointed, equipped by the Spirit of God, and they are sent. 
right? They are commissioned. They are sent into service to fulfill a mission. All of these characteristics apply to a missionary, any missionary we can think of. <clears throat> well, what does the scripture say about us? Listen to this. In John chapter 17 and in verse 4, listen to what Jesus said in his prayer to the Father. He said, I have given them, my disciples, your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world. Wait a minute now. They are not of the world. That means they are of somewhere else, right? They are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And then he says again, they are not of the world even as I am not of it. And then later in that same, just in case you're thinking to yourself right now, yeah, but that was his prayer for those disciples. He went on to say in the same prayer, and I am not praying for them only. I am praying for all who believe in me through their message. Who is that? That's us, right? So this prayer applies to us. We are not of the world. And then the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, listen to what he writes. He says, our citizenship is in heaven. But wait a minute then. So we have dual citizenship. <laughs> yeah. I am a citizen of Canada, but I am also a citizen of heaven. I am of there. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, listen to Peter's perspective on this. He says, dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and foreigners and strangers in the world. Okay, we are aliens, not the, you know, this kind of alien, but we don't belong here, right? This is, we're not of here. And if we've got to get into our heads that, that this is not home. This is, this is, we are sent. Jesus called us out of the world but then sent us back into the world as aliens and strangers in this present world. In fact, if you could begin to see yourselves not as residents of Binbrook trying to reach your own community, but as missionaries that have been called out of the world and you belong to a different different place, but sent into the world to live here, not as not as as citizens of here, but as residents, as aliens, as strangers. You are, a, you are an outpost of missionaries. I wish sometimes, you know, and I would do this if you're up for it. I'll, I'll hire a bus, and I'll drive you all to Cleveland. And I'll put you on a boat, and we'll cross Lake Erie. And land on the shore of Ontario. <laughs> if it would help get the concept that we are not of here. We are from another place. So, <clears throat> all of the characteristics 
that I described of a missionary are described of us. And Jesus said that all authority is given to him, therefore go. He has given us the authority. He has empowered us, Acts 1.8. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit. Enablement, empowerment, what for? To fulfill the mission. And we are sent into the world. So, you are not in this, or you are in this world, but you're not of it. And you're a citizen. Your citizenship is in heaven. You're an alien and stranger here, authorized and empowered by Christ and sent into the world with a mission. What does that make you? What does that make us? Missionaries. The truth is, everyone is commanded by Jesus to go and make disciples. Therefore, every disciple of Christ is called to be a Christian missionary. And then everywhere. Come on. Everywhere. There we go. Thank you. Everywhere is our mission field. Jesus said, the field is the world, right? It is the world. It is not, it is not the church. It is not the, the church environment. It's not here. It's there. It's not here that we preach Jesus to the community. It is there that we go. And in this, in this same, this same uh, article in Christianity Today, the writer went on to make this statement. Missionaries are called to the special task of crossing geographical or cultural boundaries in order to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the unreached. True or false? It is dead false. But again, if you don't let people know you're asking a trick question and you ask most Christians this question, they're going to answer it true. Missionaries are all about crossing borders and bodies of water and cultural boundaries in order to preach the gospel to other people. They are not missionaries if they are here, right? And this definition or this mindset is disabling us. It is problematic for a number of reasons. It is problematic because the work of sharing the gospel with the unreached becomes the responsibility of an elite few. How many missionaries, you know, sort of professional missionaries are there compared to the number of believers? It's an, an elite few. An elite few who are called to this quote-unquote special task. And therefore, the majority of the church is spiritually unemployed, demobilized by this mindset. Disengaged, underutilized. It's also problematic because the responsibility for sharing the gospel with the unreached in this community, according to that definition, belongs to people from outside of our country who need to cross their, their own border and body of water to come here and preach the gospel. Come on. We don't, I hear people say, we need. We need missionaries to come to Canada. No, we don't. 
We need the Canadian Christian church to become missionaries and reach our own country. We don't need missionaries to come here. We are missionaries. The biggest problem with this definition is this. Based on that definition, Jesus would not qualify to be a missionary. Think about it. Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went throughout all of Galilee preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of manner of... Jesus was a Galilean and a missionary to Galilee. He would not have qualified for global advance funding. There's something wrong with that, isn't there? Jesus is the greatest missionary the world has ever known. But he rarely crossed the borders of Galilee. Several years ago, I was <clears throat> asked to speak in a missionary conference. I don't know why, because I wasn't in their, to their estimation, a missionary. But anyway, there were a bunch of other there were a bunch of other speakers, and they were all international workers, and each one got up and introduced themselves and uh, talked a little bit about themselves and then shared a message. And they would introduce themselves, you know, my name is John Smith, I'm, a, I'm from Alberta, I'm a Canadian, I'm a missionary to Cambodia. My name is Mary Johnson, and I am from Ontario, and I'm a missionary to Guinea came time for me to speak, so I introduced myself. I said, my name is Stephen Harbridge. I'm a Canadian from Ontario, and I'm a missionary to Canada. And I could almost hear the, 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 the gears start grinding, you know, and smoke's coming out of their ears. And I, what, what did he just say? They're looking at each other. What did he just say? How can you, you can't be a Canadian and a missionary to Canada. You've got to be a missionary to somewhere else. No. The strategy that Jesus gave us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is an everywhere strategy. You will be empowered by the Spirit when the Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, my, my missionaries. You will witness to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and internationally. It is not exclusive to crossing a geographical or even a cultural border. Jesus didn't go to another culture, even. He reached his own culture. And the goal of the mission is saturation. Saturation. I love, this, I love this, this passage in Acts chapter 5. I refer to it a lot because, again, it's a different way of thinking. The New, church, New Testament church behaved differently than we do because they thought differently than we do. And how do I know that? I know that because of what's written right here. In Acts chapter 5, verse 27, 28, the context is the disciples were told by the Sanhedrin not to preach in the name of this man, Jesus, 
and they did anyway, right? So they were gathered to be disciplined. They were brought before the high priest. And it says the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you, this is a quote, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. That was an aha moment one day for me. I realized, you know what? The goal of the New Testament church was not to fill a building with Jerusalem. It was to fill Jerusalem with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's, that's a whole different strategy, folks. We are spending a lot of energy and money trying to get our community to come to church, trying to fill our buildings with our community. We need to invest more time and energy in into ways that we can fill our community with the knowledge of Jesus. There's, that's the mission. They saturated Jerusalem with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's consistent with Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9. It says, The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Isn't that beautiful? That's a picture of saturation as the waters cover the sea, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of Jesus. That's not going to happen unless and until the whole church becomes missionaries. We have friends who were missionaries, international workers, not with the Alliance, but with another organization and they were in Africa for a number of years, and they were in Peru for a number of years, and they were supported. They had, uh, you know, they had people who were funding them. But then uh, his health became bad, and they had to return back to Canada. After they returned back to Canada, they began a ministry in, uh, in, uh, in Woodstock in long-term care homes, nursing homes. And I haven't talked to them for a few years now. Last time I had spoken to them, they had led 62 people to Jesus who are in eternity's waiting room, right? Waiting to go on, not knowing Jesus. This couple led 62 of them at that point to a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. But you know what? People stopped funding them because they're no longer missionaries. There's something wrong with that. People said, well, if you're not going back to the field, then we're not going to continue. Oh, God, help us. Everyone is a Christian missionary, and we are sent into this world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the un or share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the unreached everywhere and all of the time. This is not a profession. This is not, <clears throat> this is not a job. This is a calling. This is a lifestyle. This is not a project. This is not an event. 
Mission is a lifestyle. Serving Christ is not limited to what we do in the church. We have this, again, it's a wrong mindset that separates sacred from secular. So everything we do with regards to the church is sacred. So if you have a ministry, uh, you know, setting up chairs or teaching the children or leading the worship or, or preaching or ushering or whatever, then you're serving Jesus. But on Monday to Friday or Saturday in your workplace, you don't know who you're serving. Because we have compartmentalized what we do with the church and called it sacred, and the rest of it is secular. That, there's no, that's nowhere in the Bible. Whatever we do, in fact, Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, work willingly at whatever you do. Whatever do you do? Are you a teacher? Are you a nurse? Are you taxi driver? Are you a farmer? Are you... Whatever you do, Paul says, is ministry. It is mission. It is service to Jesus. Work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord rather than for people. All right, you don't need it anyway. Are you getting this without that? As though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember, Paul says, that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Whatever you do, there is no sacred, secular divide. This is a common misbelief. I remember years ago, I had a friend who owned a hardware store in the city where I I lived, and I was in talking to him one day, and he said, Steve, I really envy you. And I said, why is that, Peter? He said, well, you get to, to, to do ministry all of the time. And I'm, you know, stuck in this business, uh, you know, serving customers and stuff. I thought, oh, my God, help us. Peter. You get to be with unreached people all of the time. (laughs) Like, this is, he had a ministry right under his nose and he didn't realize it. I shared this message uh, some other place. And a woman came up. She would have been in her 50s somewhere. And she was sobbing, tears flowing. And she came up at the front after. She said, I just want to thank you because... This message has completely set me free. And then she went on to explain. She said, when I was a teenager, I felt like God had called me to to be a missionary. But I have not had the opportunity to go to a mission field. And I I have been under this guilt all of my life and feeling like I have missed God's will. And then she went on to explain that for years she has had a ministry to single moms, unwed mothers. And at the time she was sharing this story to me, she had three or four single mothers that she cared for and served and shared Jesus with, and she had led many of them to faith in Christ. And then she said to me, I realize that all of my life 
I have been a missionary. And I realize it for the first time today. Well, praise God. There's one mind changed. God help us. So let me close with this. This final quote from Simpson, he says, The Christian that is bound by his own horizon, the church that lives simply for itself, is bound to die a spiritual death and sink into stagnancy and corruption. We can never thank God enough for giving us not only a whole gospel to believe, but a whole world to give it to. Not only a whole gospel to believe, but a whole world to give it to. Oh, Lord, help us to be a people who are on mission, everyone, everywhere, and all of the time. Let's pray. Father, we invite your spirit and your word, your truth, to transform our hearts, our minds, uh, change the way we think. Help us, Lord, to accept this calling that you have given us. Help us to, to go into the world in which you have placed us. Help us to understand that we are not of here. We are of heaven, and we are here as your ambassadors of reconciliation. And I pray for a fresh anointing empowerment upon everyone in this room for the mission to which you have sent them and empowered them and called them. And I pray, Lord, that you will prosper this people in this community and that many will come to know Christ. Help them, give them ways and the means and the resources to fill Binbrook with the knowledge of Jesus Christ as the waters cover the sea. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.